let me tell you a secret. Once the lucky guy or gal with the number one pick is on the clock, you have no idea how your fantasy draft is going to play out. No amount of preparation can get you ready for your buddy reaching for their favorite player three rounds too early, or someone going full tilt after their sleeper gets stolen, or when the draft slows to a crawl because you've had a few too many cold ones. You can only control how your draft plays out, and you can only draft well if you prepare. You only draft well if you prepare. Don't mock me, bro. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Welcome to Run Up the Score, everybody. My name is Donna Wagonblast. Alongside me is my brother, Scott. Hello. And our friend, Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. And we are now past our rankings, and we are actually going to be using those rankings for today's episode. Uh, we're talking about mock drafts. Now, listen, we're not here to treat our listeners like babies. If you're listening to a fantasy football podcast, you probably know what a mock draft is, but we feel like we have some tools, some strategies, and some points to make about mock drafting that's going to help you prepare for the actual real deal draft that you're going to be taking part in maybe at the end of this month, maybe at the beginning of August, or maybe closer to the start of the season at the end of August. So how many mock drafts have you guys done so far? I think like two or three. I think I was in two or three. A lot. Like probably like 20 or 30. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. Um, Yeah, so, so... July really is the start of mock draft season. You should definitely be mock drafting in early July, mid-July, because what you're going to see is the average draft position or ADP of a lot of players is going to go way up or way down, or it's going to skip up a little bit and it's going to fluctuate a lot. So you got to be careful because especially towards the end of August, when drafts are coming up, when preseason injuries happen, you're going to need to be on top of where certain guys are going in mock drafts because it's going to give you an advantage over your opponents who aren't mock drafting as often as you are. Yeah, I mean, I was actually mock drafting before the draft, the NFL draft. <laughs> so there was no rookies in the mock draft. So they lobby. weren't getting drafted at all. I mean, they weren't in the NFL. Right, yeah. So, okay, that's um, interesting. I've been doing it since it was available on the app literally yeah once i start to know what pick i have in each league that's when i start to really get excited about the mock drafts and that kind of time is coming up soon for us so yeah definitely it's exciting times we are we are uh probably by the end of july our hometown league is going to have our draft of first round picks and that's always one of the biggest days of the year because then we all start mock drafting our own draft right yeah we're like okay this guy i'm gonna take you know, this guy, so he's probably going to take a running back here. And then when's this guy going to take his quarterback? And is this guy going to be too drunk at the draft and remember <laughs> to draft a kicker and all those other fun things? Um, so mock drafting is really the secret to feeling confident going into your fantasy draft. And as I said with the opener, you don't really know exactly how your draft's going to play out until it actually comes up. So it's going to be interesting, I think. So, Tom, explain to us a little bit more now what's going to be going on. Okay, so we're doing a mock draft. Um, it's a 10-man league, and we are drafting in the fifth position. Like I said before, we're going to have a lot of time to wax poetic in between picks. We're using an online software, so it's a good resource for us to broadcast it to you. If you're in a Yahoo or ESPN league, those are totally suitable. You don't have to go online and do anything crazy like we are. So I'm going to start it up, and right off the bat, David Johnson goes number one overall. Shocker. Le'Veon Bell. Another shocker. Zeke. (laughs) Not a shocker there either. And then Antonio Brown. So business as usual as far as the first round looks. Yeah. So we're on the clock, and uh, I guess it's ticking, but we have literally an unlimited amount of time. (laughs) And, you know, the best available kind of right now, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, LaShawn McCoy, Mike Evans, and... Pretty much everyone else in the NFL that I didn't name. <laughs> so it's pretty full slate. But um, if you guys know me, which you guys do well, you guys know who I want. So uh, if it's my if it's my pick, it's Julio. Um, so much yardage, and especially if you're in a, a PPR half PPR league, so many receptions and steady touchdown production. He's just 
so steady every year. He beats every great corner seemingly easily. So for me, it's just too much consistency. And the thing with Julio, and I actually forgot to mention this on our wide receiver rankings episode, was opposing defenses are now going to know that they can't just double Julio Jones and expect to beat Atlanta. Atlanta has more weapons now than they've ever had since drafting Julio Jones. And I think that's going to make for a better production season from Julio this year because they're going to be so focused on getting rid of Sanu's over-the-middle stuff. They're going to be working so hard to bottle up Taylor Gabriel so he doesn't make that big explosive play. And, oh, yeah, they've still got Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman in the backfield who they need to worry about running and catching the football. And Tom is a big believer in Austin Hooper. I was just going to say. So if he's right about that, they're going to have to worry about him as well. So Julio is a very safe pick at number five. Right now, I'm looking at LaShawn McCoy just for the sake of experimentation. But I also kind of believe in him as your five pick. Like, if someone took LaShawn McCoy over Julio, I'm really not going to say, like, oh, my gosh, you just ruined your entire team. Because LaShawn McCoy, we've talked about how Gillisley's absence may mean more opportunities for him in the red zone. He's improved every year as a bill um, from his last year with Chip Kelly, which was kind of a, a weird one in Philadelphia. It was a weird ending for him. So I'm a big believer in LaShawn McCoy this year, and he would be my pick if it was me individually drafting here. Tom, what do you think? Position scarcity comes into mind for me. You know, there's a lot of receivers that produce at a high level. Um, Maybe not quite as high as Julio Jones, obviously, but there are far less running backs that produce at a level of shitty McCoy. Right. Yeah, that's, that's fair. For instance... The next running backs after him, it kind of comes into that. He's kind of like a tweener in that elite three, and then it goes on to like Melvin Gordon, Devonta Freeman, Jay Ajay. You know, so if you want that elite level talent, a possible top three, maybe even number one, he could totally do that. He's done it before. Yeah, so you have that huge upside, and so does Julio, but right. I think just position scarcity-wise – LaShawn McCoy does make a lot of sense. I could argue for Mike Evans here as well. Um, just a target monster. Much more red zone efficiency than Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, maybe not as much solid yardage. Julio Jones averaged, I think, 100 yards a game. Yeah, and put up 300 in a game. Yeah, which is nuts. Like that, yeah. But, you know, you might not get 16 out of him. So as far as wide receiver concerns it go, I wouldn't be pissed if you took Mike Evans. But I think for the purpose of the draft today, maybe we'll go LaShawn McCoy. It seems like a little bit of a two-to-one. Yeah. And I just think Julio is the safest option that we have. And since we are mock drafting and we want to see what it's going to be like, maybe if we don't play it safe at the fifth pick, I think we should just take McCoy and see what's going on. I, I would love to have Julio at the fifth pick in any of my leagues this year, though. I mean, you're not getting a ton of argument out of me. Like, I think I would probably pick McCoy after Julio. But, you know, just if it was me, you know, it's just Julio. I'm, a, I'm perfectly fine with LaShawn McCoy as your, as your best player and starting running back. All right, so we did take McCoy, and we're flying up to our second-round pick now. So, after, after we took McCoy, yeah. uh, the next team took Melvin Gordon. Then Jordan Howard from Chicago went. Julio fell to the eighth pick in the first round. Then we had Odell Beckham ninth. And at the swing, the last pick of the first round, first pick of the second round, Team number 10 got Mike Evans and A.J. Green as their wide receivers. Nice. Um, the second pick in the second round was Devontae Freeman. After that went Jordy Nelson, J.H.I., and DeMarco Murray. So now here we stand with the sixth pick in the second round, and we're looking at guys like T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Des Bryant. At running back, we're looking at guys like Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Lamar Miller. So this um, is this is kind of leads into what I was saying about why I thought it was his wise choice to take LaShawn McCoy. So now that we're back on the clock, we're looking at Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, Lamar Miller. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a drop off. Wouldn't you guys agree from LaShawn McCoy? I think that it's definitely a drop off and, and the drop off from Julio to a Des Bryant who's available or a Michael Thomas who's available may not be as steep. Yeah. So that position scarcity for me does dictate a lot. And, I don't like do this rule as like a hard and fast rule or anything, but I do like to go one running back, one wide receiver. Yeah. And if I do that in the first two picks, I like to take the running back first 
Okay. Just because you're still going to get these talented wide receivers rolling out to you in the second round. And yeah, you know what's especially. funny? Four or five years ago, we probably would have taken the wide receiver first because running back was such a deep position, you know, just a few years ago. It's, it's you know, we talked about it during the wide receiver rankings. This is just a game that's evolved com- into a completely different aesthetic than what we've what we've been used to. Nice word. And uh, speaking on that, I think that uh, – this, it depends on what kind of league you have here that kind of dictates my pick. Like PPR, T.Y. Hilton kind of gets a huge boost at this spot where we are. But um, I think that Michael Thomas has the touchdown potential that uh, if we paired him with LaShawn McCoy, like one of those guys is scoring every week. Yeah, and they're both a, producing every week. So. He's a lot bigger bodied than people give him credit for, yeah, it seems. Yeah. He's not getting that that cloud around him about how big he is. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to make this unanimous. I think Michael Thomas is our pick here. And my only suggestion is maybe when we're looking at drafting another wide receiver, maybe we look at somebody who's going to have that steady veteran presence because we are drafting a guy in his sophomore year. Right. And, you know, I'm a big believer in the sophomore drops. He's just from... You know what Mike Evans did, what Odell Beckham Jr. had for a little bit there. So, um, but yeah, I think Michael Thomas, he's got a, it's a great potential pick. And, and it's I, also, I think, a higher floor than people are giving him credit for this year. I really like Des Bryant too, but I just think that the, uh, you know, the game script just writes up so perfectly for Michael Thomas to have a big season this year that even though Des might actually be the better receiver, I think, I think Michael Thomas is just such a solid fantasy bet this year. And we're writing off T.Y. Hilton in the second round. Basically, we're not writing him off, let's say, but we're going with Michael Thomas or Des Bryant. We're more focused on them because of their red zone capability, let's say. For me, for sure, the touchdown capability is just, you know, obviously T.Y. can kind of blow it open on any play, but the consistency at which it comes uh, compared to Michael Thomas and even Des Bryant is just not enough, and I think that the opportunity for Thomas is much higher than one for Des. Also, in recapping the picks before um, our second pick, it's also kind of important to note who wasn't taken as well. We've still got, we're in the middle of the second round, and we've still got the number one tight end, Rob Gronkowski, and the number one quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, still on the board. That's right. So if you're looking at either one of those guys with a middle of the second round pick, it looks like you'll be able to get them. We just made our selection with Michael Thomas, so now we're going ahead to our third round pick. And uh, what are we looking at here, Scotty? Well, um, Fournette, uh, there were a couple couple good group of receivers, T.Y., Watkins, Dez, they're all on their way. Gurley, Lynch, and Miller all went. So now, for me, we're kind of um, an open book because we have a really good number one receiver and we have a really good number one running back. So this is really, this is really your value pick here, I think. Who's getting you the most cons- – you don't even really need consistency here. This is kind of a risk pick for me. For me, I think our first two picks were good. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. But I think that there is a little bit of risk in them. You know, I don't think – you don't generally get 16 out of McCoy. You know, okay. he, he doesn't always go every week. Uh, Michael Thomas, Don mentioned his sophomore, relatively unproven. You know, so there's a little risk there. But I'm looking at the board here. And you guys can tell who stands out. Yeah. I know who stands yeah. out for me. There's For me, it's got to be Gronk, right? we got to <laughs> I mean, take him. He stands out like no other yeah. in this position to me. I think third round is like Gronk trigger pull. Middle time. of the third round. Yeah. You know, we're talking 25th overall. 24 players selected before Rob Gronkowski. It's hard to not take him here. Absolutely. I will just make a case, and we can take Rob Gronkowski, especially for experimentation's sake, um, I prefer that we do that, but we do have Doug Baldwin on the board, and I just want to remind everybody that Doug Baldwin was our consensus number 10 wide receiver coming into this year, and to get a talent like that with as good a rapport as he has with his quarterback and Russell Wilson, I think Doug Baldwin in the third round would be an absolute steal. We also have Amari Cooper, who I think we were all expecting a big bounce-back season from him this year. And um, as but, far as this draft has gone, he's kind of fallen. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So... I think if Gronk wasn't still available, we might side with Doug Baldwin. I would be in on Baldwin if Gronk wasn't there, but for me, the the potential of Gronk 
playing. It far he, outweighs the floor of Baldwin yeah. for sure. Yeah, and yeah. I know that I was calling our other picks a little risky. This is a risky pick too. Yeah. So for me, but this the, is exactly why you mock draft. Yeah. In these situations, and you in the later, see what kind of risks you should take in the later rounds, I'm going to argue for some uh, some more rock steady guys right and we'll be able to i think we'll have no problem finding them as we move along also interesting to me that marshawn lynch went before lamar miller yeah he went pretty early so which i think is something that you guys will see out there this year and we pulled the trigger on gronk uh devonta adams wow. goes immediately after deandre hopkins and we lose out on our favorite aaron Rodgers. but yeah, that stinks that's totally i kind there. of expected that though yeah if i like i think i actually said this in another episode if i'm taking gronk I'm not taking Rodgers because right. it's just I'm creating a vacuum in my team. Like I need people to fill those running back and wide receiver right. positions, and I'm not getting the talented guys that I could otherwise. Exactly. I um, wouldn't have hated Rodgers if we if we went there. Truthfully, me ground. neither. Um, yeah. Amari Cooper finally goes off the board. Isaiah Crowell rounds out the round. Tom That's Brady begins the next round. Baldwin a little later than we would have. So something – that we would look at, you know, his ADP is probably lower than. I like seeing that. Yeah. I like seeing him go later in these. Then. I mean, he almost made it back to us. Then Alshon, yeah. who I like, Travis Kelsey, who, who I loves, love, and uh, Keenan Allen, who we're all hoping for. One thing I see, um, no running backs besides Crowell came off the board. I think it's time we we start we buck that trend. That's a great. Well, let's take a look at who's available. That's a great look. So best available running back according to this website is Carlos Hyde. Right. Um, Probably not our highest ranked. He certainly wouldn't left. be the guy I'd pick here. There's a couple. There's two guys that that I'm looking at on on the board right now that uh, I like. Um, they had McCaffrey slotted at uh, 17. I think that he's kind of another risk though. So that's uh, that one might be someone we might avoid. And uh, I like Ty Montgomery this year too. Um, yep. Maybe Spencer Ware from the Chiefs is still available as well, who I right. think is going to get. A lot of work. So if you're a believer in guys just simply cashing in due to the volume that they have, um, he's a good guy to target. Uh, I, if we're looking at quarterbacks, we've still got Breeze and Andrew Luck available. Uh, even though Gronk and Travis Kelsey are gone, we could go Greg Olson here. Uh, this this fourth-round pick that we're looking at, we actually have a lot of different op- directions that we can go. I would even love if we went with uh, one of the top two receivers left, Demarius Thomas or Allen Robinson. That's, who I think are both in for improvements off of their production. That's from last precisely year. what I was thinking. I know Don and Scott probably know that I'm eyeing Demarius Thomas here. Yes, you always have been a huge fan of him, and so am I. But um, one of the things I'm looking at is Michael Thomas has a week five bye, and so does Demarius Thomas. So that could hurt us a little bit, um, especially in that week. It'd be a tough week to fill in for two receivers, especially at that high level of production. Maybe it doesn't make you, you know. Yeah, Push it's not the panic something button that, and hit Robinson, but it's something to think about. It's not something that I consider too much, but it's a good point when it's week five. When it's like yeah. week ten, my roster construction is going to be different. Right. But week five, I might be doling out the same people. Right. Yeah. From the very get go. Right. So, but the and but the thing is, is that with the advent of the passing game in the NFL, there's a bigger stress on owning receivers. So I think it's it's safe to say we're going to own more wide receivers than any other position. So if you have a position where two guys have the same bye week, it's obviously not going to be your quarterback or your tight end. I think the better position to own guys with similar bye weeks is wide receiver just because you know you're going to draft so many anyway. So I think especially if we can get a talent like Demarius Thomas, a proven talent like Demarius Thomas, I think it would be fine to pull the trigger and – you know, we'll just have to keep that in mind when we're drafting our future wide receivers. As we scroll down, as Tom scrolls down the body of running backs, um, there's a lot of guys out there that I still like. That um, I think that there's, there's, we're still going to get a, a couple good options at running back. I think Don's right. This is a time that we square up one of these uh, little remaining stud receivers. And I think. There hasn't even been much conversation on it. It's Demarius Thomas over Allen Robinson, right? I'm taking Demarius Thomas over Allen Robinson for sure. So am I. They this website has them ranked next to each other, um, but they've both fallen. And Don, I think, is going to check our consensus. I'm checking right, right now. now. I'm pretty actually, high on Robinson personally. 
Um, Demarius Thomas, you know, the offense. We'll let uh, our consensus uh, be the tiebreaker. Our consensus sure. had Demarius Robinson at 12. <laughs> Demarius, Demarius <laughs> Thomas at 12. And Allen Robinson at 14. So we're pretty close on these guys as well. But the tiebreaker would, in fact, go uh, to Demarius just, Thomas. So we'll just have to pay attention to our other receivers and make sure, you know, at least – one of them doesn't have a week five bye, so exactly they will have somebody out there. Allen Robinson follows Demarius Thomas immediately off the board. Drew Brees and Andrew Luck, the quarterbacks that Don mentioned. C.J. Anderson, Julian Edelman, Jarvis Landry, Michael Crabtree, who we love. So we do uh, that. Is, yeah, that is that's a, that that's is a hard, shame. Those are three heartbreaking about, wide receiver picks in a how row. How about for again, us. though, guys? One running back off the board, and it was C.J. Anderson who. I we would, weren't. I think we it's safe to say we're not down. big believers. in. We weren't going to take him. No, and. Uh, we also see Jordan Reed go, which is not a big deal. We have Gronk. We we may take a tight end flyer at the end just for fun, but I don't think – We certainly uh, don't need to take another one. We don't need to at all. Like there's no demand for that. In Especially our, with an open slot at our starting running backs. Oh, it, no, no. You know, I, I meant, I think like, now I meant the at time. the end of the draft, not now. True. I'm not taking True. a tight end here. No way, no how. For me personally, uh, no, obviously not a tight end now, but – with Gronk and his known injury history, when I draft him, I typically draft somebody that I think is going to be startable uh, down the road in case, you know, just to have somebody in my back pocket. If I end up dropping them, I end up dropping them, but I typically like to have somebody to back them up. Yeah, so, so are we looking at the running backs here to me? I think we should definitely take a look at running back, even if we don't draft one. But it is important to remember that our team currently doesn't have a starting quarterback either. There's, um, there's so gonna we just got to kind of start figuring out when we want to pull the trigger. There's going to be a point where a lot of these running backs start to come off. Yeah, a lot of the times in your actual draft, you'll see these avalanches. Yes, for when sure. the first quarterback off the board generally starts a quarterback avalanche, tight ends a lot of the same. But right now, it's it's about to start with running backs in this in this setup. There's no way it's not. You can kind of feel not. it coming. Yeah, for so, sure. But – I think it's really just these guys that they have ranked highly. We do not love. Well, yeah. the re- and the reason for that is because you know we, the highest four running backs they have available are Carlos Hyde, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, and Spencer Ware. Carlos Hyde, not exactly the most healthy running yeah, he's back. He's not that um, rock steady guy. That ever I've- since Kyle Shanahan was hired in San Francisco, there have been rumblings from analysts all over the place that maybe you know. Hyde isn't the fit with his system. So, and they drafted a guy from Utah named Joe Williams, who they think is going to be a much better fit. So it kind of seems like the clock's ticking, which makes Hyde a very uneasy selection because he's certainly not a guy that we think is going to start all 16 games for us or all 15 games that he's eligible for for us. Um, Then we've got Joe Mixon who, yeah, we think he's going to end up with a lion's share of the work for Cincinnati, but he doesn't have it yet. You know, there are still two serviceable running backs in Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard who we're not thinking are just going to go away forever. The thing that inspires me to take Joe Mixon is um, that Gio is not perfectly healthy right now. He's having trouble getting back to 100%, so I don't know if he's even going to be there in the start of the season. So if we're drafting today, I think Joe Mixon has that upside where it's, you know, it's not confirmed yet that Gio is not going to make it back. But then once it is, he's going to raise up in ADP. I just think that the the role is is you're you're too unsure of the role in Mixon. Um Hyde of course has has injury possibility, but a lot of the guys in the NFL that do, you know, particularly at running back. Particularly at running back. I think he's the steadiest option and if we're going to go running back, my pick would definitely be Hyde because he has games. You know, it's not like he doesn't show the capability. It's just can he stay on the field and can the offense support him? I think that they will. And, uh, you know, there's so much value in the running back position as I'm looking at this this rankings list that this isn't a terrible spot to, to take Hyde. And I think I even like I thought he was going to go before our fifth round pick. He was the best available running back the last time we made our selection. We just mentioned that. Right. So – I would be okay with Hyde. Honestly, I would be okay with Christian McCaffrey here as well because we talked about how Mixon's role isn't as defined. I think we can kind of start to see what the Panthers are going to want to do with Christian McCaffrey, and we know he's a very exciting player. He's a playmaker on the field. So if we're going to go with one of these rookies, I would prefer McCaffrey over Joe Mixon. Me too. It's hard for me to say. Um, I think in this position we can take Carlos Hyde. 
and we'll have to work the waiver wire pretty steadily. I think this would be a great time yeah. for us to take Carlos Hyde and roll the dice and see if any of these rookies come to us in the later rounds as well. That's a good point. Terrell this- Pryor is really sticking out at me right under him. But I, but looking at that bye week I know, again. I did see that, and I didn't really even want to talk about it almost. Yeah. And so. the funny thing is with Joe Mixon is his bye week is the sixth week, which is the same as the boys. And generally, I don't even consider the bye weeks, but this mock draft has just lined it, it up for us. Yeah, we're we're getting into this bye week nightmare. So You don't think about it until it's too late sometimes. That is true. So pull the trigger on Carlos Hyde. Absolutely. Let's get Carlos. And just because we draft him here doesn't mean we have to start him every week. Exactly. That's right. We're just trying to, you know, he's going to have good matchups where he can really do some damage, especially like we said in the running back rankings, week one, Carlos Hyde has been great. So maybe we roll him out week one and maybe by week two, we have someone on the back end. Yeah. Oh, this one's. Terrell Pryor goes immediately off the board. Yep. And we do get a little mini, let's call it a squall of running backs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, McCaffrey, Spencer Ware, and Mark Ingram go. And then uh, the sixth round so far has been very interesting. The first pick was Jimmy Graham. Matt Ryan goes right after him. Then Greg Olson. Then Emmanuel Sanders from Denver. And Russell Wilson was just taken before our pick. So it's starting to me to look like, guys, we're one of the only teams left in this mock draft that hasn't taken a quarterback which I think gives us a lot of flexibility because we know there are a lot of quarterbacks that we like that we can wait a couple more rounds on because other teams are going to be looking to fill their flex spots while we're going to be taking our quarterback. So I think we need to keep ourselves in that flex conversation, the running backs, the receivers. And like we said, we're not going to take a tight end before a double-digit round because we do have Gronk. So I'm looking specifically at wide receiver or running back for this round. Yeah, you see, this is a great example, actually, of kind of waiting on the position of tight end and quarterback. I know we did take Gronk early, but you see how this round is constructed. It's very tight end and quarterback heavy. And some of the guys that we were considering with our last pick, like Joe Mixon, is he's still there. Still there, yeah, yeah still around. So the needle doesn't move, so to speak. Right. What we've got right now, we're looking at in the wide receiver conversation is Tyreek Hill, Larry Fitzgerald. Joe Mixon is still available for the running backs. Ty, Ty Montgomery, Montgomery, I know Don there. likes him a lot. Um, so there's there's some players that have fallen, and just like draft day, you know, Joe Mixon. And there's Frank Gore still hanging out. And we don't have to address Frank Gore for a while because we know we can get him if we want him. Clearly. Right. I can't believe the disrespect he's getting. He's going to be a running back too again. Well, I mean. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't think we have to go running back crazy because we know we're getting Danny Woodhead, right? Of course. <laughs> That's a stone At all cold costs. Lock. Um, I'm There's looking one receiver. guy glaring out at me. On I'm that looking list. at wide receiver, and Larry? I'm looking at Larry oh, yeah. Fitzgerald. We've talked. We've talked about how if we're going to take Michael Thomas, we need a guy who's going to be steady behind him. And we wh- talked about drafting steady? two guys at wide receiver that have the same bye week, just making sure that we have a really strong group behind them. And I don't think there's any more confidence boosting wide receiver to have on your fantasy team than Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, when I talked about rock steady, this is. The definition. If you listen to our wide receiver ranks, you you could have seen this pick coming from a mile away. The three of us love him. We don't expect his role to change. It'll only grow, I think. As, even as he gets older, he seems to get and better. And they just lost Michael Floyd. Draft him. Yeah. It warms my heart. Yeah. Tyreek Hill goes right after Again, our pick. Again, no running backs coming off the board. Only running back taken is Dalvin Cook. So uh, Joe Mixon still on the board. Frank Gore still on the board. Uh, we're looking at our seventh round pick now. Quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota and Cam Newton were taken off the board. Tyler Eifert and Delaney Walker were taken from the tight end field. Interestingly enough, Martavis Bryant and Brandon Marshall went in the sixth round, which I think is a little too high for both of them for me to take them right now. Um, but if if those for those of you who are targeting those guys, it's important to know uh, when they're going. Um, I think it's hard to put your thumb on exactly where Martavis Bryant is going. He's a guy that could go really early. He's yeah. a guy that could totally slip. Um, it's a risky pick. He's not a guy that I would want with this roster construction. You know, yeah. if we had a team of Larry Fitzgeralds, then definitely <laughs> I would take him. For me, I think that's right around the right area for Brandon Marshall. I think he'll have ten touchdowns, double-digit touchdowns. So you're using him as like that plug-and-play, hope to get a touchdown. Almost like it's almost insulting to say, but yeah. kind of like a tight end. Yeah. Um, and then we lose Dalvin Cook from the running back position. But 
We still feel like we have a ton of guys. Joe Mixon, still available. Still available. How many times can we talk about him, you know? Yeah. Well, it looks like we're going to be talking about him for quite some time because, I mean, there's been there was no running backs taken in the sixth round after three were taken in, in the fifth. So I'm I'm looking at running back, but I'm also I'm not looking at Joe Mixon. I'm thinking about, you know, we're going to have wide receiver issues with our bye week. I'm looking at our running backs right now, and we've got Ty Montgomery sitting there, and I think that his role is going to expand. I think his knowledge of the running back playbook in Green Bay is going to expand. If it were me drafting mock drafting alone, Ty Montgomery would be my pick here. I really like Ty Montgomery too, and um, in half and full PPR especially, I think he's going to be such an asset out of the backfield catching passes. The only problem is um, for those of you who owned Ty Montgomery last year, you know he had dual availability. Um, he was a he was available as a running back and a wide receiver, so he's going to lose his wide receiver availability this year. So you're only going to be able to play him as, as a running back or at your flex spot. So let's just make sure that you understand that. But for us, like we've got our two starting running backs in Carlos Hyde and LaShawn McCoy. And I think Montgomery would be a great pick to either come off the bench as our spot starting bye week running back or as a guy that we could plug and play as our flex when we lose our two starting wide receivers in Michael and Demarius Thomas. We don't anticipate him to have the wide receiver designation this year, right? He won't have it. No, No, I don't think so. He'll be a full-blown running back, but still have all the advantages of being able to catch all those passes out of the backfield, obviously. And with Rodgers in that kind of, in that offense, that got to dump down. I think that, you know, it's going to be not easy, I'll say, but it's not going to be too difficult for him to get 50 receiving yards and 50 rushing yards in a game. And that's what you want as your third running back that you can come in and support. You know, as long as he gets the volume, then he'll be there. He'll be good. And at the very least, he becomes the third down back. You know, right. like he's got that role shored up. Yeah, There's no doubt definitely. about that. So I'm okay with taking Ty Montgomery here, but if Joe Mixon falls again, he might have to be plucked. It, it's yeah, time to start. Take yeah. It, man. All right. So here we go. Kyle Rudolph goes as the next tight end. Mixon did leave the board. Running backs galore. Finally, it broke. Frank Gore. Dang. We just got running back robbed. Thank thank God we got So Bilal Powell, Mike Gillisley, Joe Mixon, Eddie Lacy, Tevin Coleman, and Frank Gore all went between our seventh and eighth round picks. And Bilal Powell. So I'm I'm actually surprised that Mike Gillisley was the first uh, New England running back to go. I think I'm still advocating that it should be James White. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking at – we've gone two running backs in a row, but LeGarrette Blunt is still out there. And that's – like, it's just really tough for me to pass on him. Um, I could I could think that we should go quarterback here. But looking at the talent that's still available and knowing that so many teams are looking to – it looks like clear up their, their uh, running back situation, I think we need to take a running back here because otherwise there's going to be some really talented players that – have no chance of coming back to us in the ninth round. There's a lot of quarterbacks that I think the three of us still like. Um, I wouldn't mind picking Kirk Cousins here. I can't believe that uh, he's kind of hung around this long considering how good he's been. Back-to-back top five seasons. But most of the teams have already picked quarterbacks. There's so. exactly. nine. There's nine, nine have gone. And we did a, a ten, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there you have it. Um, everyone has picked a quarterback. So if someone's going to pick Kirk Cousins as their backup, we're going to have to let them at this point and continue to build – our depth. I think that the the pick is Legarrette Blunt too. I think the consistency now is just we really shore up the running back position. I like it too. I like the way that he kind of I don't want to say compliments Ty Montgomery, but they they play a little different game. So you kind of have the option of all right, do I want this gadget back? Do I want the bruiser this week? Right. You know, you can kind of. Uh, get a lay of the land that way. I think uh, it's going to be interesting when we if we go back and do a mock draft special in August because I think Legarrette Blunt's ADP is going to be completely different in August at, compared to what where we're, where we're getting him now. We're getting him in the ninth round, which to me, or sorry, eighth. the eighth round, which is nuts. Yeah, to me, that's a steal. Yeah, I, it is. I have no arguments. I'll pull the trigger right here. Yep. We need to go receiver soon. That's okay. A lot of running backs still go off the board. Paul Perkins, Adrian Peterson, uh, Amir Abdullah. We lose Hunter Henry. He was a definitely, you know, good upside tight end had we not drafted Rob Gronkowski. And then we lose um, four receivers in a row: Devontae Parker, Calvin Benjamin, Stephon Diggs, and Jamison Crowder. 
Tough to lose Crowder, but with our bye week issues with Michael Thomas and Demarius Thomas having a bye week week five, a Crowder does have a week a week five bye. So I'm not entirely sure that I'm missing too much from those four receivers that were just taken. We still basically have our pick of the litter. No team selected their backup quarterback. So we're basically on our own time for when we want to decide to draft our quarterback. I think we could go receiver here, um, depending on what kind of value we think we can get. I think there's a pick on the board that Tom really likes, and I kind of like it here too with this roster, and it's Deshaun Jackson. I think that he's a perfect um, plug-and-play guy for a bye week to get you that bomb touchdown, and you know his production. It goes up and down, but generally on the season, it's pretty good. And uh, I don't know. I just think I like Deshaun Jackson this year. I think that's a good spot for him. Yeah, it's a great value for Deshaun Jackson. Um, Willie Sneed is on the board too, but we already have Michael Thomas, so you don't. But it's interesting for our listeners to know that he's available to you in the ninth round, and this is a guy that we're particularly impressed with and and very high on. Yeah, I would I would book him for a thousand yards, and I think I've said that before, but I stand by it. Kirk Cousins obviously still available, like we said, no one uh, drafted a quarterback. Jameis Winston too. Jameis Winston available. So in the ninth round, that's a that's a good buy on Kirk Cousins, but. For me, even though Scott says, you know, I, I do like Deshaun Jackson. Don't get me wrong. Right. But I think he's a little riskier, too. So I'm trying to find these more rock-steady guys. I, I saw I saw one that I think that you might like a little more, and uh, that's Eric Decker, the guy you're pointing at. Uh, I really like, too, obviously. But Eric Decker, obviously, is still available, and so is the boy Danny Woodhead. You know, I actually didn't even notice that Eric Decker was available. And to me, I think that's the pick. Yeah, I think that's the, the best uh, The main week that we need this receiver for is week five when we have our Michael Thomas, Demarius Thomas bye week. Tampa Bay plays New England. Oh. To me, so I'm looking up who Tennessee plays in week five right now. To me, I'm not – you know, I, I appreciate the – Forward thinking. The delving in, but I just – I don't consider it too much. When I'm when I'm picking my team, week five, who they got? Dolphins. The Titans play the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, I like Eric Decker. I think we could slot Eric Decker in. I think Decker would be a good pick, and especially because week. yeah, with his movement, with his changing of teams in the summer, I think that really hurt his ADP, and I think that we're getting a steal here. Again, another pick that we might not be able to make in August, but for right now, I think it's a really good choice for us. Definitely. So we booked Eric Decker, uh, and we lose Scott's Danny all-time favorite Woodhead. football player, Danny Woodhead, does go mm. in the ninth round. We're on Heartbreak. to our 10th round pick now. Interestingly enough, the other two wide receivers from Tennessee, besides Eric Decker, Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews were taken. Willie Sneed finally went. Um, Cameron Meredith from the Bears went. Pierre Garçon from San Francisco went. Uh, Scott and Tom, I know you guys are pretty big Garçon supporters this yes. year. Um and our guy Deshaun Jackson did go as well. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. Um, what direction do you guys feel like we should go here? Again, nobody's taken a backup quarterback, which really means that we can wait yet another round to take a quarterback. For me, if say this was a keeper round, uh, keeper league. Yeah. So in our league that we are all in, if you keep a free agent, they go to the tenth round. You keep them in the tenth round. So if let's say I got Kirk Cousins in free agency off waivers. And I I would keep him in the 10th round. Yeah. So in the 10th round, it's very tempting for me to just draft him. I think it's our time to go to quarterback. I, I do. I, I like taking Cousins here a lot. I think the only problem. Our team really well. The only thing I will point out is that he don't, does have a week five bye. say the bye. <laughs> so we'd be losing our quarterback <laughs> and our two starting wide receivers well, in the same week. But it's an early week. So then – we have a quarterback and our two stud wide receivers who are playing from week six until the end of the season, yeah. which I think is a pretty big advantage that we'd have over our opponents as long as we can, you know, scotch tape and paper clip t- together a roster for week five. For me, picking at the uh, back end of the quarterbacks, getting like a back end quarterback, I will see as we move on, but I typically like to draft another quarterback that I could have to play with him or in weeks that you know you may be unsure that will cover that week five by and there anyway. are a lot of quarterbacks too that i would consider taking here as well oh, there's still so, plenty you know if you're if you're just a big fan of 
getting a lot of guys who have a lot of talent and sorting sorting it out as the season goes along. Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins is the pick. Unexpectedly, he's a top five. He's a back-to-back top five quarterback in fantasy. So the fact that we can get him in a double-digit round, like Tom was saying before, is a steal. Yeah, and to me, he's the pick. But let's look at who else is available. You know, we got Rob Kelly. Um, Derek Carr is also available, but I think we all have Kirk Cousins. Or maybe not you, Don. I, I think, don't. Yeah, but I think the consensus pick would be Kirk Cousins as far the, as quarterbacks. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, I think his consensus would break the tie. Uh, Matt Forte, Jeremy Macklin, Derek Henry, Kenny Britt. So we're kind of getting into this, the ugly waters. You we're know? into some dart throws here now, for so, sure. I think at this point in time, for me, it's Kirk Cousins. It's hard to... It's hard to justify, like, so say we pick Rob Kelly, right? Who I like. Yeah. But next round, Kirk isn't available anymore. Right. Are we better for that? I don't think so. I don't and think, I think so either. There is a school of thought where you do want a lot of people at the same bye week, like Don was kind of alluding to, because that way you get it out of the way and then mm-hmm. you have your full arsenal to right. take on you know, the next week's competitor. Right. So I'm, I, I don't mind the bye week stuff. I, I really don't even look at it. Um, and that's not being negligible. It's just, I think it is kind of negligible. If that makes sense. Fair you enough. Can, you can get through. And I know that I've had teams where I've really had to like, maybe put a little more effort in and kind of craft the lineup. And those are honestly the more fun weeks anyway, do, too. Do you think we couldn't do that? If we were owning this team, we could definitely <laughs> do it. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, Give Kirk Cousins a call. Move him up to the big show. Kirk Cousins finally makes it out of the green room. So in the 11th round, our first defense goes. The Denver Broncos are taken. Uh, We did have a pretty good run of running backs, four picks in a row. We saw Robert Kelly, Derrick Henry, CJ Proceis, and Samaj Piran get taken. Jeremy Macklin was the first pick of the 11th round, and the 11th round has been rounded out by the selections of Mike Wallace and Quincy Inunua from the Jets. So we're that pretty Macklin wide open. And here. Wallace went back to back. You don't say. Yeah. Same team. It's interesting. All right. So we've got we've actually got a wide open um, format here because we've got our starting roster filled out except for our defense and kicker, which I'm assuming we're saving until at least the 13th round. So we've got two picks here where we could really take some take some shots on guys. I saw as Tom was scrolling a running back that I really liked, um, Theo Riddick is still available, and uh, he was very steady last year. I think if this were a PPR league, it would be no question that we're taking Theo Riddick. Um, he does lose some value, I think, in standard leagues. Yes. Um, he becomes pretty touchdown dependent because he's really not a candidate to go over 100 yards rushing. He's more likely to go over 100 yards receiving, yeah. which we know is difficult for a running back to do. Um, but in a PPR league, his value skyrockets. So if we were in a PPR league and Riddick has slipped this far, I think he would be the pick. Um, I do, we do mostly play in PPR league. So I think that's kind of informing my decision to want to take him. Um, but I'll leave it. I'll, I'll leave the floor open to the two of you to convince me otherwise. I think in standard, he, you're absolutely right with what you've said, but I think in standard, he does definitely present some value and especially this late in the draft. So if we're going to run into any problems, it might be, you know, LaShawn McCoy injury, Carlos Hyde injury, and now we're More looking replacement. at replacement. Yeah, and now we're looking at LeGarrette Blunt and Ty Montgomery to lead the show. So for me, I do want to address the running back position. And when I'm saying the rock steady stuff, I mean, you know what you're getting out of him. Yeah. He yeah. has a very solid floor. And, you know, the ceiling, I I don't want to say he's going to be like an RB1. Yeah. But, but, he, but he was, was some weeks last, last year. Last yeah. Oh, yeah. Week to week, he definitely can be. So yeah. for me, I think – Scott was right on the money. I think uh, Theo Riddick is a really good pick here. Yeah, Absolutely. I really like him here. That's an insane value that we just got for him, too. So we're going to... I see James White still available, too. I think he's going so late. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they, Gillisley was already taken a couple of rounds ago now. Um, so we did go ahead and make the Riddick pick. Big time running backs, running back binge goes on. Jamal Williams from Green Bay gets taken, so we lose our opportunity to handcuff Ty Montgomery. Uh, Jonathan Stewart goes. The Seahawks defense just went. Uh, we also had Latavius Murray, Kenneth Dixon, and Matt Forte get drafted. All guys that really weren't um, on our radars. Interestingly enough, Tyrell Williams from the Chargers goes in the 12th round, which I think is a steal 
uh, average draft position for him. Yeah. We do lose out on the opportunity to pair up Kirk Cousins with Derek Carr and Phillip Rivers, uh, but there are still so many valuable quarterbacks that we could take um, to kind of platoon with Kirk Cousins. Um, so we've got two bench spots, our kicker and our defense left. Uh, I would say we don't need to make another selection at running back for the rest of this draft. We do have five on our roster. So I think we should use our next pick to either back up Gronk or take another wide receiver and then think about um, p- taking our platoon quarterback with uh, Kirk Cousins before we finish out our, our lineup. For me, I'm thinking we don't even take another quarterback, truthfully. Um, there's going to be ones that we could – I know this isn't a real league, but we could address the waiver wire, you know. True. Um, Blake Bortles definitely could come in and start. Andy and he Dalton, was a top 10 quarterback last exactly. year. Andy Dalton could come in and start. Even Eli, Tyrod. Stafford is undrafted right now. Even Jameis has not been drafted, which is actually pretty crazy. So, apart from Jameis, he's the only one that I'd be interested in as far as maybe having him on my roster might pay well and pay good dividends, so to speak. Yeah, me too. But um, I don't think I'm picking him here, and I don't think we need to draft another I think it depends on the the tight end, what the tight ends look like, because I would like to have a nice steady backup for Gronk. But, you know, for me personally, this is a range where I start to look for Justin Tucker. Um, I know it seems like it's a little early for some people to be taking a kicker, but you know, it's short in, um, it's short in points from him. And if your roster, if you're really set in your roster, it might be that time where you buck that trend and take him. There are some tight ends that I really like though. Um, and I think that that would be the next move for us. Um, I'm looking at Jack Doyle and I'm looking at Zach Ertz. Those were the two that I think that I'm kind of stuck between. Um, there have been 10 tight ends taken, so I'm not sure how many other people are going to want to take a backup, but I do think we are one of those teams that needs to take one. And I think that the potential for getting a tight end one value exists, whether we take Doyle or Ertz, but I do think we should take one of those two guys here. For me, if, if this was just my own team, I think I would just wait until the very end. I mean, I might not even take another tight end. I understand kind of uh, backing up Gronk. It seems like you're pretty, you're a pretty big believer in the waiver wire, um, with in terms of backup quarterbacks and tight ends. Anyway, yeah, I just think the position as a whole, you know, it doesn't. So it's very replaceable. Like the number twelve quarterback is probably very comparable, and I don't mean to say probably the number twelve quarterback is very comparable to like the number six quarterback you know and the number 12 tight end is very comparable to like the number six tight end you know but we do think we have the number one tight end in Gronk yeah so my whole point is if we have him why do we need to not address more wide receivers more running backs because our number one tight end is always hurt I know, but they are still going to be tight ends not available yeah I think that for me if Gronk got hurt sorry if Gronk got hurt I would be fine doling out Dwayne Allen. Maybe True. Uh, some weeks. I just think that there's a lot of value in Jack Doyle and Ertz. I'm, I'm surprised they're actually still available. I thought that they would be drafted as every week starters, and they're not. So to be able to lock something like that up where we're looking at the receivers and the two top guys are Browns receivers, <laughs> you know, it's not exactly a very enticing pull, whereas I think Jack Doyle has a lot of potential and God forbid Gronk got hurt. You know, he may, um, he could slide right in, but also, um, everybody that is in Tom's ilk and is always maybe looking for a waiver wire tight end. They, they might want to trade for someone like Jack, Jack Doyle or Zach Ertz. And it's a good trade asset to have on your bench. What do you guys say about taking someone who isn't a tight end and seeing if one of those guys remain. I would like round. to do that, actually. I think that's a good dice roll. It's a speci- it's a, an especially good experiment in a mock draft scenario because you're not going to want to do this in a real draft and say, okay, let me just see if maybe one of these guys falls to me. Well, what if both of them get taken? Now we don't feel like we have that elite replacement level tight end for Gronk if he gets hurt or if you know we need him for a bye week fill-in. So, yeah, I think that's a good pick. I think we should kind of take maybe take another round and see if these tight ends go so that that way we can learn our lesson and say, okay, if a bunch of guys are going to take their backup tight ends, maybe I need to take mine a little earlier if I end up with Gronk or if I end up with a guy like Jimmy Graham who does have an injury history and a pretty severe one at that. 
So who do you think the pick would be? I, I'm not, I think we should go wide receiver for yeah, sure. I'm um, definitely not against Kenny Britt. Um, I'll scroll down. and He did perform very well for the Rams. He's switching to Cleveland now. Um, Cleveland's got some Ooh. quarterback issues. They have a lot of different guys. I like Jordan Matthews, who's still available. I think he and Carson Wentz had a very good rapport. If this were PPR league, he'd have a bigger step up because he was averaging, I think, like between five and seven catches a game. Um, and he's back in the slot. He's, he's with... going to be back in the slot with Jeffrey and Torrey Smith out. That's a great point, Tom. Um, Tom has a good consistent option that, that he's looking at. Well, let's let's talk about it then, Tom. I do like Adam Thielen. I think he's very, very, very comparable to Stephon Diggs. And in my actual rankings, I have them right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And for reference with this draft, I mean, Stephon Diggs went rounds and rounds and rounds ago. Yeah. So to me, Adam Thielen, who actually had uh, – this is a kind of – one-off stat, but he had the best uh, wide receiver rating with the quarterback. So, like, when him and Sam Bradford are in conjunction with each other, right? it's the best connection in football. Uh, yeah, it's highest rating pass and catch duo. Thank basically. you for clarifying because I couldn't get the words out. You did You did your best. This yeah. is another situation, though, <laughs> if, if we were saying let's experiment with waiting on tight end, we could experiment waiting for Adam Thielen here, too, and see where he ends up going. But I'm I'm not opposed to it. He Adam, I was a beneficiary of it. I was I was a guy who owned AJ Green last year, and the guy I turned to in my starting lineup after AJ Green went down was Adam Thielen. That's a and I made the playoffs that year. Absolutely. You know he was he was a guy who really kind of held my team together um, with his performances. So I don't I don't hate the pick at all if we take Adam Thielen here. I'm gonna clarify it here. I say we take Adam Thielen um, and not Jordan Matthews just because. We may be taking Zach Ertz next. Right. So okay. it wouldn't make yeah. as much sense to have two Eagles pass catchers. Everyone's cool with that? I'm very cool with it. Let's see how we, this uh, shakes out. Winston off the board. Corey Coleman. Ertz. Zach Ertz does get taken. Matthew Stafford. Ryan Matthews. Waste of a pick. Kenny Britt. Jordan <laughs> but Jack Matthews. Jack Doyle survives. And James White, who we Whoa. probably would have took a flyer on. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's gone now. So, so James White in the 13th round, just to clarify. Um, we still have our guy Zach Ertz available. Eric, or sorry, no, Jack Doyle available. Uh, we still have Eric Ebron if we want to take a flyer on him. Uh, no kickers have been taken, so Scott's boy Justin Tucker is still available right. here in the 13th round. A lot of good defenses still available too. And there's only been two defenses taken in Denver and Seattle. So I'm okay with really anything here, whether we want to go um, Jack Doyle, whether we want to go kicker, defense, or if we want to take another uh, ticket on somebody. Um, the software is popping up that we might want to take Jonathan Williams as our LaShawn McCoy handcuff, which in the 13th round is not a bad spot to do so. Um, so I'm, I'm open for discussion here. I think show, the the software showing that Ben Roethlisberger still available kind of shows that we don't need to pick another quarterback. No, I don't think we do. With him available, I don't think Derek there's a lot of guys out. that we like even more than him that are rated behind him. Yep. So we can move on from the quarterback position. Um, like I've said, you know, I like to lock down uh, a tight end to maybe play in Gronk's absence, um, even at the end of the year with if the Patriots are 14-0 and 0, like we all expect them to be, and they're just kind of hanging out while the rest of the teams get caught up to their level. Um, they, he may be sitting, and that's playoff time. Jack Doyle showed himself last year as someone fully capable, and I'm very surprised he's made it this long, so... I think that's my pick, and if it's not him, then I would go with Justin Tucker. For me, this is our last bench spot, actually. Right. So I'm more inclined to just take a, a risk here. Uh, I know I was preaching rock steady earlier, but I don't think we need Jack Doyle here. I don't think he'll get drafted now as far as the roster construction looks. Um, he may, but there's still guys that we could plug and play um, right now I'm looking to be, you know, get that guy like Zay Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. This yeah. is the, this is the dart throw area. Yeah. Um, and if you've got him and you get him in the draft, that's, that's the big time ticket. So. I'm, Interestingly enough, Marvin Jones from Detroit is still available, which I mean, you know, he had his issues last year. 
Um, but he's still a really talented wide receiver. Had a 200-yard game. Had a 200-yard game. And had a couple lose, other big games. They lost Anquan Bolden. They did lose Anquan Bolden, who I think had Marvin Jones touchdowns. lost a lot of red zone targets to um, towards the end of the year. And, you know, they're still trying to use Eric Ebron, despite how many times he's proven he can't be depended upon in the red zone. So, you know, as a guy who maybe kind of bought into the whole let's keep it rock steady um, strategy that we implemented. I would use Marvin Jones because I think he's going to prove to be a steadier option than one of these rookies that we were thinking about taking or even like a guy like Josh Doxson who's still out there. I think he's a good dart throw, actually, Marvin Jones. A lot of defenses available. Yeah, a lot of good defenses, too. We um, still got Houston, Kansas City, Minnesota, Arizona, New England. I would consider taking all of those defenses. We talked in our defensive rankings about the Chargers, who have a very good playmaking defense, who are still out there. So even if we go with a ticket, a lottery ticket guy, um, and try, and maybe we could end up settling with the Chargers, um, who do play Denver Week One in Denver, might be a tough place to play. But Denver's offense had a lot of question marks last year. Um, we're really splitting hairs at this point. We are kind of spending a lot of time on our 13th round pick who, you know, I think we just kind of need to make a decision and move on here. I think we should go defense. Uh, looking at it and seeing how zero kickers have been drafted too, I think sort of uh, the zig when they zag yeah. strategy is they're giving us a value on defense yeah. and we or should kicker. take it. Yeah. yeah, we should take the value on defense. So let's check out the defense and we'll go with one of those guys that we discussed as our last bench spot. But to me, they have the Houston Texans ranked above Kansas City. To me, I, I like Kansas City better. I do like Kansas City more. I also like the the Vikings. I like the Cardinals a lot too. It's and good the, playmaking oh defense. So, so let's. Uh, and we didn't do consensus rankings on defenses, so we don't even have that tiebreaker. Let's do Kansas City. Sure. I think they have a lot of touchdown potential if they showed anything last year. Yeah, so that's that Ryan Fitzpatrick. All right, so we go with Kansas City, and we now expect the kicker and defense avalanche to start. And there go some defenses, for sure. Yep. Houston, New England, and Arizona were taken. Jack Doyle gets Darn. taken, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, ben Roethlisberger finally goes in the 13th round. Uh, the rookie Mike Williams from the Chargers went. Sterling Shepard went, who he's got an interesting outlook. So our biggest decision here is do we want to fill out our last roster spot or do we want to take our kicker? I think the, our dart throw is going to be there in the 15th. Yeah, and this is... Um... This is software that's kind of representing a pretty savvy draft, I would say. Yeah. Because no one has picked a kicker. In your office league or maybe a family league, something that's not so competitive. There's always one. The kicker's going to go long yeah. before this. Goskowski is going to go like in the 10th round. Definitely. He always does. So do we? W- let's just take a kicker. Yeah, I would say I would say let's go Tucker. Sure, let's go Tucker. Because I think, I think in some leagues we'll be able to get Tucker in the 14th anyway. And... For how well he performed last year, I think Steel. he is a dynamite option for us. What I like about it, oh, Jamal, Jamal Charles goes I know, I was going to bring him up for late. the last one. That's a dart throw that I could be interested in. Yeah. But like expected, you know, just kickers leaving the board, defenses. But what I like about taking the kicker there as far as this mock draft is... We've really got our pick of the litter now. Yeah, I was expecting more um, wide receiver and running backs to go off the board there and make the choice yeah. even harder for us or right. make it a little crazier of a dart throw. Marvin Jones did leave last round. I'm not sure we mentioned. He did. So we're kind of... So we're basically just filling in our last roster spot. We're not going to take a backup kicker or defense. So we're really just looking at a guy. And I think looking at the quarterbacks who are available, we've got Eli, Andy Dalton, uh, Blake Bortles, Carson Wentz, Carson Palmer, who I love this year. There are enough guys who aren't going to be drafted where if this were a real league, we'd just say, okay, we're just going to have to keep our eyes on the waiver wire and figure out who we're going to pair with Kirk Cousins if we need to pair anyone with him at all. Right. Um, tight end, I think the same thing. Now that Jack Doyle's gone, I think now that we know, now we know that we're going to need to pull the trigger on him a little earlier than maybe we wanted to if we want to pair Gronkowski with an elite-level tight end option. There are still a lot of options at tight end that I think could prove to be valuable for us. Ebron is still out there. Uh, Austin Hooper is still out there. Dwayne Allen is still out there. If um, if we want him, Kobe Fleener from the Saints is there. Witten, not a big upside guy, but he'll get you at least something every week. Uh, same thing with CJ Fedorowicz in Houston. So we have a lot of options at tight end. So I think we should go with either a running back or a wide receiver that we think could explode and give us a potential keeper value or just a, a potential league winning value here. 
There are three guys that stand out to me. Um, so one being Josh Doxson, okay. one being Kenny Stills, and one being Robert Woods. Um, I like all three of those. One thing I was going to ask you guys, did anyone see Jaquiz Rogers go? Uh, no. Well, he might be starting for He will be starting for the weeks. Buccaneers for four weeks. So um, That's an insanely good pick. <laughs> He's 58. So Tom man. likes that yeah. one. There you go. Um, Really, I mean, he has the chance to steal the job. He, he does. has a chance to just start, yeah. And, and for him going that late, and you know that he is going to start start the season, I don't know. I think that's I think that that's invaluable. Be. I think that actually becomes our pick here. That's a great pick, honestly. If you drafted that, if you picked that guy in a draft with me, I would applaud you. <laughs> Thanks. I would be like, that's a great pick, um, just like I did. But it's a great pick even more so because of the things that I expressed concerns in LaShawn McCoy, Carlos Hyde, you know, those injury concerns, Ty Montgomery. What is he? LeGarrette Blunt, What is he? You know what I mean? Those right. guys don't have, it seems like they have a defined role, but we don't actually know. We haven't really seen it. Right. And we believe that the they will, but yeah, but Jaquiz Rogers has that huge upside. I mean, he could help us out a lot in the beginning and you know, Doug Martin hasn't had the most healthy career either. So and has had a troubled past the point where the Bucks, you know, may not think the same of him that they used to going into last year. And if Jaquiz Rogers comes in and has a really, really strong camp and then has a really, really strong four games, you know, the next thing you know, Doug Martin's getting slowly worked in as Jaquiz Rogers is owning the shares. I love the pick. Round it out with Jaquiz Rogers. What do you say, Doug? I say let's go for it. All right. So that is our completed mock draft. Wow, uh, we got an A minus. Our software graded us with an A minus, a ninety out of one hundred. Um, which, Tom, do we know what that software? It grades how it's going to grade us. Yeah, so I guess based on potential points scored. It's surprising that we got an A minus. Generally, um, you're going to get like a C or a B or whatever. It's, I don't know how they grade it, but generally when your draft gets graded, it's like, did you get the best person in each position? Kind right. of deviation from their own ADP. Really. Like you need to have like the Broncos defense to get an A plus, right. but like you don't need that to win a fantasy championship. For sure. So this grade is more or less irrelevant, but I'm just going to go ahead and read through the team that we've assembled here. Quarterback Kirk cousins. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Running back LaShawn McCoy running back Carlos Hyde. This is going to go through the starting lineup first wide receiver, Michael Thomas, Demarius Thomas, the Thomas bros. Didn't That's even right. realize that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, me little too. Uh, novelty. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Kansas City Chiefs defense, Justin Tucker kicking. And then to start the bench, we've got Larry Fitzgerald, Ty Montgomery, LeGarrette Blunt, uh, Eric Decker, Theo Riddick, Adam Thielen, which I loved, and Jaquiz Rogers, which I also loved. So to me, this team, you know, I'd go to battle with this team. I would absolutely love to have this team. I don't think... There were certain picks where I think I would have gone in a different direction, um, particularly the Carlos Hyde pick. But then I loved the depth that we ended up getting with Montgomery, Blunt, and Riddick. We've got, th- we've really got four running backs that we could start at any point, and I would be comfortable with, along with our every week starter in Lashawn McCoy. I think for wide receivers, we got two guys with big upside. Um, while we have Larry Fitzgerald, who's going to bring the consistency. I think Demarius Thomas brings a lot more consistency than people realize. Absolutely. And we've got a potential superstar in Michael Thomas, who if he makes that second leap like Odell Beckham Jr. did in his second year, you know, we could have a juggernaut on our hands with Thomas Gronkowski and LaShawn McCoy. We have a good amount of risk. Um, kind of sprinkled in with a lot of really steady performers, I think. And, and that's a lot how I would describe the way that I look to draft. Yeah, exactly. So we have, obviously, Larry Fitz and DT, both very consistent. Uh, Cousins has proven to be consistent over his short time starting. So has a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, a guy like Eric Decker. Bradford, I think that that kind of consistency mixed in with, you know, okay, maybe Gronk plays a full 16 weeks because if he does, this team is looking, you know, like Tom said, I'm ready for battle with, with this team. With Gronk, we did a great job of rounding it out. Yeah. Because you got to realize we take him really early and now we're missing out on some studs, but it doesn't seem like we're missing out on much. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the reasons why we got a high rating, too, especially, we drafted a really good kicker and a really good defense. That's probably why. Yeah, I think that that definitely helps. But, you know, that 
goes to show those defense, that defense and that kicker score yeah. a lot of points and, you know, lead to a lot of wins. Yeah. With the, I would not expect to get the Kansas City Chiefs defense with this team. Yeah. Generally. Right. Um, I would be happy as a clam, but I don't think it's going to yeah. happen. You know, just looking at our draft and what we talked about before we started it, I think we proved that the waiting on a quarterback strategy has a lot of value to it. Uh, this year, especially because we ended up with a guy who was top five the last two years in Kirk Cousins. Um, we kind of proved to ourselves that you can take Rob Gronkowski in an early round and still feel extremely confident in your team. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think I would have gone with a backup tight end over a guy like Riddick or a guy like Phelan. But I think with the tight ends who weren't drafted, I think we have a great pick of the litter in terms of the waiver wire as well. So I think this was a really well-rounded team. Hopefully you guys all thought that we did a pretty decent job with this uh let us know what you thought we should have done differently you can hit us up on twitter like we said at ruts ff and let us know if you want to do if you want us to do another show like this because i i think we all had a great time doing it um yes definitely this certainly went a lot better than i expected it to i thought it was going to be pretty cool but this ended up being um a really interesting experience so let us know i mean we did we gave ourselves pick five if you want us to see how we do with pick one or see how we do with pick nine or ten um just let us know we're uh we're open to suggestions yeah um, so i think another cool thing that we could do is um if you give us a five-star rating on uh, apple podcasts and itunes podcasts um you can actually just put your roster in as the uh, the review, and uh, on the show we can look over your roster and see, you know, maybe as we start to talk about the waiver wire more, maybe some things we may think we might want to look have you look at as the season goes on, or how we view your team in general. Exactly. So what Scott's alluding to is we're doing a promotion, if you will, a five star review on apple podcasts with any sort of question you can put your roster like you said and we will answer it on the show definitively yes so, uh, we're probably going to be looking to do that right before the start of the regular season just so that we can kind of compile as many five-star reviews and answer as many questions as we can hopefully right before that that sweet spot of when everybody's going to be drafting uh so that we can give you that last second help that you feel like you need absolutely so on twitter don is at why so serious the word why not just the letter I'm at Hillier FF. Scott is at Wags FF. And uh, the show is at Ruts FF, as previously mentioned. Yeah. So go ahead, follow us on there. Subscribe to the show, please, and thank you. And uh, Don, anything else? No, I think uh, I think we, we're off to a great start with our mock drafting. Um, so hopefully you guys feel like you've picked something up that you can kind of tackle as your mock drafting and let us know what you think and let us know how your strategies uh unfold and we'll uh we'll see you soon but until then keep scoring